0: The book of James, chapter 4 and verse 10, the Scripture said, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and He will lift you up. First Peter 5 and 6 said, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Matthew 23 and 12 said, Whoever exalts himself himself, shall be humbled. And whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. And finally, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I want to preach to you this morning on the brink of distinction. On the brink of distinction. I I want you to put your Bibles down. You've already been worshiping, but I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to move here in the next few minutes and speak to some lives and some hearts. And if you truly want God to speak to you today, I invite you to lift your hands in submission to Him, not to me, but to Him, and ask Him, Lord, would you speak? To me today. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Ha. Ha. ha, ha, Jesus. You may be seated. The enemy would like for you to believe today that you, we, the church, the righteous, the called out ones, The Ecclesia is on the brink of destruction. And that the world around us would close in on us and try to shut us up, to silence our voice, to hinder our worship. But I rise on this Sunday morning under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to tell you we are not on the brink of destruction but we are on the brink of distinction. God is about to do something in the midst of His people that will cause us to rise up out of the rubble and produce the greatest revival that the church has ever seen. Ruth. Ruth. Chapter 2 and verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned in the field. Everybody says she gleaned. Gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hat was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Everybody said she was intentional. She didn't just go to any field. She understood that there was a purpose in the field that she was about to go to. She went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Isn't that strange? And said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Boaz says, Listen, Ruth, don't go anywhere else. You're in the right place at the right time. Watch me now. She was content to just work around the fringes, you see. What reapers or what what gleaners did was the reapers would leave a little meal or barley or corn or whatever it was in the corners of the fields. And those were for the unfortunate, the poor, those that had resigned themselves that they weren't worthy to get in the field. And so Boaz says to Ruth, hear me. Don't go anywhere else. I want you to stay right here. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And go there, go thou after them. Ruth. You're not going to be a reaper anymore or you're not going to be... I'll get it right in a minute. You're not going to be a gleaner anymore but you're going to be a reaper. You're not going to be on the fringe anymore. I'm going to put you right in the middle of the harvest. You're not going to have to take second best anymore. You're not going to have to take leftovers anymore, but I'm going to put you right in the middle of the very best that I have to. I'm trying to help somebody. God wants you to know you don't have to settle for second best anymore. You don't have to settle for something uh, that's been Important for us to recognize the field in which we labor. She finds herself gleaning and taking what was left for the less fortunate. Hear me today in a prophetic unction to you, the church. We must not in this hour settle for what is left over. We have to become more kingdom motivated than that. She recognized that there was more to the fields than just the corners. But here's the issue with many of us today. She humbled herself To glean understanding that there was more. God has placed you where you are. Not to settle for leftovers. He wants us to own the fields. I'm going to show you in just a minute. She went from being a gleaner to an owner. I don't think anybody heard me. I said she went from just being on the fringes. I want hell to hear me well right now. I will no longer be a gleaner. I won't be living off of somebody else's labor, somebody else's sewing. Somebody else is reaping but I will rise up and I will own Come on I will own that that I have right to You see God's watching you today He's been watching you for some time. It's not any secret that you know that Pastor and myself believe that the hand of God is supernaturally upon this assembly. I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is this assembly that God will pour out great revival in. Now, See, that's about... That's about a 1% that believes that. I'm not trying to tell you that we're exclusive. I'm trying to tell you that we are distinct. God is looking for somebody that will humble yourselves and do the work of the Lord until he puts you in the middle of the field and says there. You just pile up every bit of it that you want. You take care of you. You take care of your family. You take care of your friends. I want you to know I'm going to take you from... Oh, God. She was on the verge of destruction. Her father-in-law died. Her husband died. Her mother-in-law was ready to send her back to her family But there was something in the heart of Ruth that said, no, there's more to the kingdom than my own personal feelings, than my own personal battle. There's more to the kingdom. So God, God recognizes her loyalty. Everybody say loyalty. God recognizes her loyalty. You know, there's nothing that tests loyalty more than the pressures of life. There's nothing that tests loyalty more than going through something that seems overwhelming to you, even destructive to you. Hear me right now, I'm in the Holy Ghost. God, we, we in this church have gone through many trials and tests, and it has been in those tests that God has defined and revealed to the ministry and the leadership of this church who was loyal to not only God, but to the leadership of this church. There are going to be some things that are going to be revealed in the not too distant future that is going to elevate the pressure that is going to be put upon those that are... On the brink of distinction. Please hear me right now. I want you to understand today that God is about to put your loyalty to the test. God seen a woman that seemingly had lost it all. And she had a chance to bail out. But she had a mother-in-law that had lost it all. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. And now watch this. lost what seemed was her inheritance. But from Bethlehem, Came a man named Boaz. But from Bethlehem came a man named Jesus. Boaz was not the first kinsman redeemer, but he was the next in line to be the kinsman redeemer. I'm, I'm going to give everything away if I'm not careful here. I want you to know that Jesus Christ was the kinsman redeemer. He came to buy the field. Not so you would be a gleaner on the edges of the field. But he came to buy the field, so that you can reap the harvest. You could be healed. You could be delivered. You could be saved. You could be set free. Come on, your family could be saved. Your depression would leave. Your fear would go. Watch this. You be seated. Ruth refused to be unfaithful. Please hear your bishop when I tell you today. We are now, we are now in a time. Brother Jordan told us this morning, Lord, come. We are now in a time that faithfulness will be required more than ever. Watch it. Forsake not. The assembling of yourselves together. So much the more as you see the end approaching. Come on, you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a genius to understand we are living in the end time. I believe I'm preaching to the rapture generation this morning. You believe it if you want to. But I, I, I want you to know that, that Naomi had nothing left to offer Ruth. It would have been easy for Ruth to say, well, listen, it's been a great relationship, but I'm going to go home where somebody will take care of me. You know, it's a whole different ball game of distinction when it comes to how you treat people that can give you nothing in return. It's it's easy to love somebody that you know will love you back. It's easy to give to somebody that you know will give back to you. But it's another thing. When you know that everything you have is on the line and that you could go home and be taken care of, but instead, Ruth says, Wait just a minute, Mama. You're not going anywhere without me. Come on now. I, I want, She was even stronger than that. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Watch this. I'm going to forsake my people. I'm going to forsake my security. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Watch this. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her, when she realized and understood that, that Ruth was on the brink of distinction, that she would not be denied, she would not be detoured, she would not be turned around, but Ruth was determined. I'm going with you wherever you go. I need to tell somebody if you're going to see the coming of the Lord or if you're going to make heaven, you're going to have to be more determined than ever to make up your mind. I won't turn back. I won't look back. Come on. I won't turn aside wherever you go. I'm going to go wherever you lead. I'm going to follow. So the Bible said, the two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? She said unto them, watch this, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. You see, she thought, she felt, she was on the verge of destruction. Come on, some of you are at the end of your rope today. Some of you are discouraged, you're disheartened, you don't know what to do. You feel like somehow, maybe God has turned His back on you or forgotten where you are. But hear me when I tell you, you must allow your love and vision to go beyond present circumstances. Because God is about to move you into a dimension of distinction. She had lost everything. Accept her love and loyalty to a cause. Don't let bitterness and fear and rejection and negativity cause you to miss what is in store if you stay the course. It's time to move toward our destiny. We are more than gleaners. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess her daughter-in-law with her which returned out of the country of Moab and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Hear me, FPC. We have to keep the harvest in focus. On this Sunday morning, I tell you that this is a time like no other in Anderson, Indiana, and in our nation. And I rise to tell you that we are not on the brink of destruction. God is about to make a move in the midst of his people that will cause us to become a distinct people. But you must hear me today. You must become intentional, or you will miss the harvest. God is about to move the church into a place, hear me, that our relationship with Him will be all that we have. No distractions, no disruptions, just seeking after Him. Humbling yourself in the sight of God so that He will exalt you. Not jobs, not money. Not position. Just seeking after him. I don't know what you're depending on this morning. I don't know what you're leaning on this morning. I don't know who you're looking to today. But hear me when I tell you this is from the Lord. This is not Bishop St. Clair. I was writing this as he dropped it in my spirit, sitting at my desk in my office today. These are not my words. They are his words. Everything to this point that you have leaned upon and depended on is about to be removed And you will have to solely lean on the Lord. And all other efforts will be futile. Those were not empty words that he spoke when he said, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Now we like to jump on that and throw that at the unrighteous. Throw that at the sinner. Throw that at the backslider. But I'm throwing it at the church to tell you If you haven't bowed your knee, you will bow your knee. If you haven't confessed that Jesus is Lord, you will confess that Jesus is Lord when he strips everything out of your possession, when he strips everyone out of your life, not to to destroy you, but because he has you on the brink of distinction and he's about to call you out into the greatest harvest that the church has ever seen. I wish somebody would help me praise Him right now. You may be seated. God has placed us Before us, an opportunity to move into our promise. But we must be willing to do whatever He asks us to do. To move into wherever He wants us to move in order for Him to do that. Naomi says... To Ruth, Boaz is down there in the barley field. And he's getting the harvest ready. But he's so adamant about being in the midst of the harvest that sometime tonight he will drink and he will eat And he will lay down by the harvest. And Ruth, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to where Boaz is. And I need you to lay at his feet. This is for you, church. If my people... Which are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face. I am calling this church to lay at the feet of Jesus forget everything else going on in your life forget every circumstance that you have forget bitterness forget loss forget pain forget fear Forget sickness. Say, Bishop, that's easy for you to say. No, you don't understand. When you're on the brink of distinction, nothing will keep you from getting to the feet of Jesus. And so, the Bible said... When Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth. Now watch this. She's gone from a gleaner to a handmaid. I'm telling you, when you keep your position in the kingdom in perspective, God will elevate you. I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end. There's that end again. Then at the beginning inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Watch this. She comes to a place where she understands that she's going to have access to the Redeemer. Can I tell you today, it doesn't matter how far away you are this morning. That you've came to a place this morning that you have access to the Redeemer. Ah, uh, somebody needs to get that right now. You have access to the Redeemer. You are on the brink of distinction. You're going to go from a prodigal, from a backslider, from a sinner, from a saint that's gotten cold and in different. You're going to go from that place. You are on the brink of distinction. God is about to call you out and restore you and make you again a son of God. Verse 18. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing. This. I need to tell somebody, I'm Brother Jordan, whoever you can come, I need to tell somebody here today. This is not finished. We are not on the brink of destruction. But we are on the brink of distinction. Watch this. Boaz comes to town. And he finds the kinsman redeemer. And he said, there's an issue at hand. The kinsman redeemer says, I can take care of you, Boaz, but if I take care of Ruth, then my ability to redeem my own will be hindered. And so he finds the substitute somebody willing. To be the Redeemer. As custom was, Boaz reaches down, takes off his shoe, and he shows the whole village, all the elders, I have redeemed Ruth. I have redeemed her husband's land, her father-in-law's land, her mother-in-law. Why? Because Ruth went from being on the verge or the brink of destruction to a place that she was willing to stay until she became distinct. Watch this now. Boaz says not only did I buy the land, not only did I redeem the land, but I bought me a wife. Ruth is going to be my wife. And so Ruth becomes Ruth becomes his wife. The Bible said she conceived. And if you look at the lineage, Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. Let, 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 me just, let me just read it for you real quick. I, I know I told them I was about done, and I am about done, but I, I want to show you something here. I, I, I want to show you. I, I want to I just read to you. <laughs> so Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception. And she bare a son, and the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Oh, they didn't know what they were saying. Brother Jeremy Lang, they didn't have any idea what they were speaking that day. It wasn't that little boy that would be born that day that would be... (laughs) Now watch this. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. I don't think you understand. If you did, you'd be running the aisles right now. Because one little lady that made up her mind she would not allow circumstance, situation, current problems to keep her from her destiny. It would be she that would begin the lineage. That would end in the birth of the Redeemer. The root and offspring of David. His name is Jesus. You can stand. This is what I believe. This is what I believe this morning. We are on the brink of distinction the Lord is looking for somebody this morning that is willing to lay at his feet until as Boaz laid that garment over Ruth said Ruth whatever you need to get done we're going to get it done I hear the Lord saying to this church, if you are willing, if you are willing to set yourself aside unto me, I will place upon you the cloak of my anointing that will cause you to be distinct in this generation and you will produce a spiritual lineage that will turn this world upside down i wonder today i wonder today please please don't don't make a preacher's nightmare come true today after having preached the word. No one responded in kind to be obedient to that word. I ask you to come and lay at the feet of Jesus today until He places that cloak of anointing on you and you walk out of here this morning not on the brink of destruction but on the brink of distinction. He will separate you and call you unto Himself and He will use you in a mighty way in this generation. We will not be deterred. We will not be silenced. We will not be pushed back because we are distinct. We are the people of His name. We are the children of His flock. And He desires to do great and mighty things in harvest in your life and mine. Come on, that's it. That's it in the name of Jesus.